0: Hey everyone, welcome back to Racing to Win, brought to you by Apex 146. I'm your host, Julia Robinson. Alright, we had a quick week off after the British GP at the Silverstone Circuit and we are on to round 13 of the 2021 MotoGP season. Teams and riders are heading on over to the Argonne Circuit, which I feel like I say this every single week, but it's one of my favorite circuits. We've seen a lot of really good battles there, but one thing that I do love about it is that we've seen a pretty diverse mix of manufacturers prevail in the recent years there. So I want to keep this week's podcast short, sweet. It's going to be packed with quite a bit of information as we dive into individual performance indexes, who has historically prevailed in those areas, and how that may affect this weekend's race. So I know in some of the previous weeks, we have focused quite a bit on the circuit itself, configuration, what weather we could expect, and how that affects racing, and I... (laughs) I apologize, there's a dirt bike in the background here, Um, but this week I really wanted to focus more on the actual performance indexes generated from Apex 146 and really dive into the athletes themselves. So with that, let's get started and talk racing. I want to start big picture. So, first of all, the top three manufacturers that we have seen find success in Aragon Honda, Yamaha, and Suzuki. So, looking at historical placements, 2020, we did have back to back rounds at this circuit. The first round, we saw Alex Rins, Alex Marquez, Juan mir Maverick Vinales, and Takaki Nakagami land in the top five. The weekend after, we saw Franco Morbidelli, Alex Rins, Juan Mir, Paul Spargro, and Joanne Zarco round out the top five. So a little bit of overlap there, specifically Rins and Mir. Then if we rewind to 2019, we saw, of course, Mark Marquez leading the pack, followed by Andrea Devincioso, Jack Miller, Mavic Fignales, and Fabio Quattraro. So 2020, with... Mark Marquez out definitely left the door open for upcoming talent to lead the pack in Aragon, and we saw a pretty mixed group, but again, we saw some consistency with manufacturers, specifically Suzuki and Yamaha. Now that top list starts to broaden as we dive into specific performance indexes. So before we outline the different variables that we studied for this week, I want to share our top 10 list um, once we start taking into consideration who prevails most consistently across the different variables studied. And so who to keep an eye on, Mark Marquez, Fabio Quartararo, Alex Rins, Juan Mir, Jack Miller, Takaki Nakagami, Franco Morbidelli, Francisco Bagnaya, Alex Marquez, and Maverick Vinales. And now you're probably asking, why do we care so much about these riders? What sets them apart from their competitors? And that is what we are diving into today. So prior to this episode, I went through and I looked at both the average historical, but also the annual breakdown of a handful of different performance indexes generated by APEX 146. So the remainder of the podcast, I want to break it down into two sections. First, we're going to actually talk about the performance variables that have been indexed and their significance and then identify riders who tend to hold superior indexes in these areas. So first, doesn't really need an introduction, not necessarily a performance index, but grid position. So who can come into the weekend strong, have a competitive free practice, maybe get straight into Q2 and from there land themselves on the front row. Whole shot index. So we all know getting the whole shot means you're able to get off the grid and get to the first corner ahead of everybody else. Well, Apex 146's whole shot index takes into account not only qualifying and a rider's success on Saturday, but also their competitiveness through the first sector because getting to the first corner is great but how many times have we seen someone get the whole shot run wide and then the first half of the race is kind of shot for them so apex 146's whole shot index again it takes into account qualifying but also performance through the entire first sector because that first sector really sets the pace and the mood for the remainder of the race prey index so this is studying how well a rider can defend their position and prevent opponents from passing on the contrary we also have a predator index and that is studying a rider's ability to overtake opponents at optimal times during a race and locations on a circuit efficiency index one of my favorite indexes it takes into account so many different variables but to put it simply It emphasizes a rider's ability to maintain forward momentum throughout a race without unnecessary battles. So how many people can a rider overtake? How well can he defend his position? And how low can he keep his volatility? So is somebody making clean passes and holding that position? Or are they passing someone, getting passed back, then passing again, and wasting not only energy, but also their tires? deterioration index. So somewhat self-explanatory, but basically a rider's ability to be aware of their tires And maintain consistent lap times without a steep degrade. So is a rider able to manage their tires well enough to know how hard to push in the beginning so that they have tires left for the second half of the race? Or are they just going out guns blazing in the first half of the race and then we see their times dropping, dropping, dropping because they've burnt out their tires? And last but not least, two of our base indexes, speed and consistency. So speed we're able to break down on a sector level, but we're just looking at a rider's ability to maintain speed throughout all parts of a circuit that really shows a well-rounded rider that's able to adapt to changing configuration and technicality and in parallel consistency. How well is a rider able to match their sector and lap times from one lap to the next? One fast lap can get you a really strong qualifying position, but riders have to be able to put together 20 plus fast laps in ever-changing conditions. So I warned you there's going to be a lot of information packed in today's episode, but that was a pretty quick walkthrough of the different variables we looked at for this week's Argonne GP and what we are identifying as key factors going into the race. What could give one person a significant advantage over the other? So we're looking at data across a handful of years, we're looking at average historical data which consolidates the years, and now we're going to talk about the top five or six riders that fall under every single index that we mentioned before. So just starting with qualifying, historically speaking, the top athletes, not a huge surprise, Mark Marquez. Fabio Quartararo, two really strong qualifiers. And then we have Franco Morbidelli, Maverick Vinales, and Jack Miller. Now we have seen a pretty strong Saturday performance from Jack Miller this season. Maverick Vinales has definitely been hit or miss. He's going to be coming in with Aprilia, so a whole new team. We're really excited to see what they can bring to this circuit because this circuit has been favorable to Aprilia and also Vinales. And then Franco Morbidelli is of course coming from a pretty serious knee injury, so we haven't seen him in the past couple rounds. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him easing in to the season after that time off, but you never know. Once the lights go out, it's all about getting that whole shot and getting to the end of sector one ahead of everybody else. Now, if Marc Marquez and Fabio Quatuaro qualify under the front row, there's no doubt in my mind that those two will have some of the strongest hole shot indexes. These are two riders that are very, very strong at getting off the grid, maintaining a strong position, and defending through that first sector. Same goes for Jack Miller. Historically speaking, he does have a fairly competitive whole shot index. And we've seen from this season that he is competitive getting off the grid when he has a strong qualifying and he's in a good mental state. Now, Maverick Vinales does have a superior whole shot index in Aragon, but we know that a good start for him can be a make it or break it factor at the start of a race. And so I'm not convinced that he's going to jump in with Aprilia and his first race, get qualified on the front row and be able to pull out ahead. Stranger things have happened, but he has been struggling a bit more with qualifying. And unfortunately, he is a rider that if he's not able to get a strong start off that grid going into the first corner and then hold a competitive position through the first sector, we tend to see him get a little bit engulfed by the pack and have a hard time recovering. Instead of talking about predator and prey individually, I want to talk about what riders rank strongest across both indexes because having a successful race is a very fine balance between predator and prey. You need to be able to overtake when needed, but also defend because in all of racing, you are either chasing or being chased. So the riders that do hold a strong balance between predator and prey, we have Juan Mir and Alex Rins. Not a huge surprise. These two riders tend to be very strong predators. We see them qualify a little bit farther back on the grid usually, but then they are able to really lock in and pick off opponents one lap at a time without letting people overtake them. So two very strategic riders. Last year, we did see a very strong performance from Alex Marquez. He is a top-ranked athlete for both Predator and Prey. This season's been a little bit more of a roller coaster for him, but I wouldn't be surprised if this weekend he really did step up and we saw a little bit more of a competitive performance from him. Nakagami and Oliveira are two riders that have had a little bit of a roller coaster of a season, but I would not be surprised if both of these riders did end up in some of the top spots. These two have proven to be pretty darn calculated riders with their ability to balance the predator prey mentality and strategically overtake, and from there, block and hold a position. I think it's helpful to be able to use two indexes in parallel to define qualities within riders. So we're going to do that for the remaining four indexes. So first, the top riders across the efficiency and deterioration indexes. These two indexes do go hand in hand because it's all about maintaining that forward momentum. Deterioration starts to bring in a lot more tire management and race strategy. And so the top riders for these indexes we are looking at are... Takaki Nakagami, Mark Marquez, Brad Bender, Alex Rins, and Mir. Now, like I said, Suzuki and Honda are two of the most successful manufacturers at this circuit. We do have Nakagami and Mark Marquez on Honda, Rins and Mir on Suzuki, and then we're throwing Brad Bender in there on KTM. So, Rins and Mir really bring that strategic riding style. They're able to make their way through the pack, regardless of where they qualify. Nakagami and Marc Marquez, I think of them as a little bit more like ruthless riders. Their defensive skills are very strong. Obviously, Mark Marquez, that goes without saying, but we've seen it from Nakagami as well. And since this is a Honda-favored track, historically speaking, I think that depending on his qualifying, he could most likely maintain a pretty strong position if he's able to get a good start off that grid because we are starting to see a little bit more of a mature riding style from him. In the past, we've seen him going out with like no self-control and either crashing or just totally burning out his tires. But with time, riders start to reel it in a little and be able to manage their tires, their energy, and understand where their opponents are at during a race. So these indexes really highlight strategic riders very spatially aware in regards to themselves, their opponents, and the circuit. Now, last but of course not least, two core racing characteristics, speed and consistency. Now, having a balanced speed and consistency is a huge advantage. When riders first join MotoGP, we tend to see them either excelling in speed or consistency, not having a very strong balance. That's something that they tend to learn as they ease into the series. With that said, last year, Alex Marquez... He had a somewhat underwhelming start to his MotoGP season. And then towards the second half, like in Aragon, we saw an amazing performance from him. He is one of the top riders for speed and consistency. So again, not saying he's going to end up on the podium, but I do think that Aragon will be one of Alex Marquez's stronger races this season. Again, Franco Morbidelli does fall on this list, but take that with a grain of salt as he is coming back from an injury. Paul Spargro is someone I wanted to mention because he does have historically strong indexes in regard to speed and consistency at this circuit. He has switched to Honda, and last weekend, well, two weekends ago, at Silverstone, we did see him really get in his groove and have a very competitive race. And... Looking at the historical indexes, honestly, it's a very mixed bag for everybody else. But there are a few names I want to mention because like I said, people tend to come in the series and they either have very strong consistency or very strong speed. And then with time, it begins to balance out as they either reel in their speed and work on consistency or they're able to find their comfort in their bike in the series and then begin to push on the speed front so bagnaya is one person that had very superior consistency he did not fall on the top of the speed index chart but we know this year he's been competitive and ducati has found success at this circuit so i would definitely keep an eye on bagnaya with that i guess also zarco Again, Nakagami we're going to put on there because he is maturing as a rider. With that self-awareness in regards to tires, we're also seeing stronger consistency and perhaps a little bit more push with speed. Now, Vinales used to have very dominant speed. I'm going to say we'll probably see a little bit less competitive speed from him, but he is a very seasoned rider. I would not be surprised if we see him on the top of the consistency charts, but We're just going to have to see how this weekend goes. He's only had one testing weekend with Aprilia and it did go well, but testing is very different than a racing environment. So I guess my conclusion for speed and consistency is it's a very mixed bag. It's very dependent on how riders are evolving in their careers individually and with their bikes and who is able to either mature in a way that. They're able to bring down their speed a little to be able to match with consistent lap times or perhaps they're building their confidence. They've found a very strong foundation and now they're able to match their superior consistency with more competitive speeds. So this really comes down to knowing the riders, knowing where they are in their careers and understanding how they're coming from the last race. So we talked about a lot of different riders, there was a little bit of repetition and overlap between them, but I hope that this really illuminates who's competitive, who's well-rounded, and what edge certain riders bring to the table and to Argonne specifically. I do think that we are going to see some pretty good battles between historically dominating riders and some of the newer generation. Again, we've had a pretty big mix of manufacturers in regards to success this year, but I would not be surprised if we saw Yamaha. I guess that would mostly be Quattro if we look at the Yamaha lineup, but I would not be surprised if we saw Yamaha, if we saw Honda, and then some of the younger Ducati riders really pushing hard and finding success in Aragon. I feel like before last year it was a little bit easier to really predict specifically what manufacturers were going to prevail but honestly alice Espargaro and aprilia are coming off their first podium in moto gp this is one of his strongest circuits so definitely keep an eye on alice Espargaro and then the suzuki boys again rins is coming off of a podium mir and rins both found a lot of success in aragon last year and then all that's left is ktm so we'll throw Binder and Oliver in there as well. <laughs> so that was a lot of information packed into this episode. I mean, it goes without saying this is a very competitive MotoGP season. Quartararo is currently leading the championship and every race he tends to pull ahead a little bit more. So another podium finish for him would be huge in regards to the world championship standings. It is Wednesday, we still have a few more days before riders do take to the circuit. A lot can happen between now and Sunday, but I hope this did get you a bit more prepared for the race weekend, really get an understanding of, historically speaking, who has prevailed, but more importantly, why they've prevailed and what has given them an advantage over their opponents. Thank you for joining another episode of Racing to Win, brought to you by Apex 146. As always, I'm your host, Julia Robinson. Thanks for joining and have a fantastic race weekend.